The Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham Chapter 12 The Return of Ulysses When it began to grow dark, a rat with an air of excitement and dream summoned them back into the parlour, stood each of them up alongside his little heap and proceeded to dress them up for the coming expedition. He was very earnest and thoroughgoing about it, and the affair took quite a long time. First there was a belt to go round each animal, then a sword to be struck into each belt, and then a cutlass on the other side to balance it, then a pair of pistols, a policeman's truncheon, several sets of handcuffs, some bandages, sticking, pl- sticking plaster, a flask and a sandwich case. The badger laughed good humanly and said, All right, Ratty, it amuses you. It doesn't hurt me. I'm going to do it all. I've got to do with this here stick. The rat only said, Please, Badger, you know I shouldn't like to blame me afterwards. And say I hadn't forgotten something, anything. When all was quite ready, the Badger took a dark lantern in one paw, grasped his straight stick, the other and said, Now then, follow me, Mole. First, cause I'm very pleased with you. Right next, Toad let last. And look here, Toady, don't you chatter so much as usual, or we, you'll be sent back as sure as fate. The Toad was so anxious not to be left out, he took up the inferior position, signed him without a murmur. Animals set off. A badger led them along by the river a little way, and suddenly swung himself over the edge to a hole in the river bank a little above the water. A mat, mole and the rat followed silently, swinging themselves successfully into the hole, as they'd seen the badger do. But when it came to Toad's turn, of course he managed to slip and fall into the water, a loud splash and a squeal of alarm. He was hauled up out by his friends, rubbed down, and rang out hastily, comforted, and set on his legs. But a badger was just seriously angry, and told him the very next time he made a fool of himself, he was, would, would most certainly be left behind. So, at last they were in a secret passage and cutting out. And the cutting out expedition had really begun. It was cold and dark and damp and low and narrow and poor. Toad began to shiver partly from dread of what he, what might be before him, partly because he was wet through. Lantern was far ahead. He could not help lagging behind a little in the darkness. Then he heard the rat call out warmly, Come on, Toad! The terror seized him for being left behind, alone in the darkness. He came on with such a rush that he, ups- that he upset the rat into the mole and the mole into the badger. For a moment all was confusion. The badger thought they were being attacked from behind. As there was no room to use a stick or cutlass, drew a pistol, was on the point of pulling a bullet into Toad. He found out what had really happened. He was very angry indeed and said, Now this time that Tyson Toad shall be left behind. But Toad whimpered. The other two promised they would be answerable for his good conduct. Lars Badger was pacified. The procession moved on, only this time the rat brought up the rear, a firm grip on the shoulder of Toad. So they groped and shoveled along, their ears picked up, 
and their paws on their pistols. Till at last the badger said, Well, you ought to know by now, be pretty near, nearly under the hall. And suddenly they heard far away, as it might be, yet apparently nearly over their heads. A confused murmur sounded as if people were shouting, cheering, and stamping on the floor and hammering on tables. Toes, nervous tremors, terrors all returned. A badger only remarked, the badger only remarked, remarked passively, they are going, there they are, they are going, it, the weasels. The passage would be, began to slope upwards, they groped onward. A little further then, the noise broke out again, quite distinctive, this time very above him, and, hooray, hooray! They heard, and the stamping on the little feet of the floor, clinking the glasses, a little fist pound on the table. What, what a time you're they having, said Badger. Come on! They hurried along the passage till it came to full stop. They found themselves standing under the trap door. They ladder up into the butler's pantry. Such a tremendous noise was going on in the banqueting hall. There was a little danger of their being overheard. The badger said, now, boys, all together. All four of them put their shoulders to the trap door and heaved it back. Hoisting each other up, they found themselves standing in the pantry, with only the door between them and the banqueting hall, where the unconscious enemies were carousing. Noise as they emerged from the passage was simply deafening. Alas, as the chewing and the hammering slowly decided, the voice could be made out saying, Well, oh, not I do not propose to detain you any longer. Great applause, but before I resume my seat, you chewing, I should like to say one word about our kind host, Mr. Toad. We all know Toad. Great laughter. Toad, good Toad, money's Toad, honest Toad. Fix a merriment. Only just, only just let me get at him, murmured Toad, grinding his teeth. Hold on, hold a minute, said Badger, restraining him with difficulty. Get ready, all of you. Let me sing you a little song, went on the voice, which I composed on the subject of Toad, prolonged the pause. Then the chief weasel, for it was he, began in a high, squeaky voice. Toad! He went a pleasing galley down the street. The badger drew himself up, took a firm grip of his stick with both paws, glanced around at the comrades and cried, The hour is come, follow me, and flung the door wide open. My, what a squealing and a squ squealing and a squ squeaking and a screeching filled the air. Well, make the terrified weasels dive under the table, spring madly up at the windows. Well, make the ferrets rush wildly for the fireplace, get hopelessly jammed in the chimney. Well, make tables and chairs be upset and glass and china be set crashing on the floor. They panic the terrible moment when the four heroes strolled wrathfully into the room. The mighty badger, his whiskers bristling, his great cordial cudgel, whisking through the air, bow, brick and glim, rim, brandishing his stick and shouting his awful war coin, a mole, a mole, more desperate and determined, belt bulging with weapons of every age and every variety, toad frenzy of excitement and injured pride, swollen 
to twice his ordinary size, leaping into the air, meeting Toad walks and chilled him to the marrow. Toad, he went on, went on, went a blazing, blazing, pleasuring, he yelled, and pleasure them. He went straight for the chief weasel. There, they were but all four in all. But to the panic stricken weasels, all seemed full of monstrous animals, grey, black, brown, and yellow, whooping and flourishing. Enormous cudgels, and he broke and fled with squeals of terror and dismay, this way and that, through the windows, up the chimney, anywhere to get out of the reach of those terrible, those terrible sticks. The fair was soon after, of, over, up and down the whole length of the hall, showed the four friends whacking with their sticks at every head that showed itself. In five minutes the room was cleared. Through the broken windows, the shrieks of terrified weasels escaping across the lawn was borne faintly to the ears. On the floor they lay pushed through some dozen or so the enemy on whom the bar was bidding gazed in fitting handcuffs. Badger resting with his labours leant on his stick and wiped his on his brow. Bull, he said, you're the best of fellows. Just cut along outside and look after those weak sentries of yours and see what they're doing. I have an idea that, thanks to you, we shan't have much trouble from them tonight. The bar vanished promptly through a window, and Badger bade the other two set the table his legs again. Pick up knives and forks and plates and glasses and debris on the floor and see if they got could find me too as for supper. I want some grub, I do, he said in that rather common manner he had speaking. Stir your stumps, Toad, and more like look lively. We'll got your house back for you and don't offer as much as a sandwich. Toad felt rather hurt that Badger didn't say pleasant things then. So he had to, so he had to the, the mole, and told him what a fine fellow he was, and how splendidly he thought he was rather particularly pleased with himself. Away he'd gone for the chief weasel, and sent him flying across the table with one blow of his stick. He bustled about, and so did the rat, and soon he found some java jelly in the glass dish, a cold chicken, a tongue, and hardly that had hardly been touched, some trifle, and quite a lot of loss for salad. And in the pantry they found came upon a basket full of French rolls and any quantity of cheese, butter and celery. But just about to sit down when the mole clambered in through the window, chucking clucking with an armful of rifles. It's all over, he reported. From what I can make out, as soon as the stoats were very nervous and jumping around already, heard the shrieks and yells and uproar inside of the hole. So they threw down their rifles and fled. The others stood fast for a bit, but when the weasels came rushing out upon them, they thought they would betray. The stoats grappled with the weasels, the weasels fought to forget away. They wrestled and wiggled and punched each other, rolled over and over, till most of them rolled to the river. They all disappeared by now, one way or another. I got their rifles, so that's all right. Excellent and deserving animal, said the badger in his mouth, full of chicken and trifle. Now, there's just one more thing I want you to do, Mole, while you sit down for your supper, along of us. I wouldn't trouble you, only I know I can trust you to see a thing done. I wish I could say the same of everyone I know. I sent Rat, if he wasn't a poet, 
I want you to take those those fellows on the floor. They're upstairs with you, and uh, have some bedrooms cleaned out, tied out, and make made really comfortable. See, they're swept under beds and put clean sh- and put clean sheets and pillowcases on. Turn down one corner of the bedclothes, just as you know it ought to be done, and have a can of hot water, a clean towels, a fresh cakes of soap put in each room, and when then you give them a licking apiece. If any such fashion do you, put them on the back, but out by the back door. We, can, we shan't see them any more of them, I fancy. And then come along and have some of this cold tongue. It's first rate. I'm very pleased with you, Mole. A good-natured Mole picked up a stick, formed his prisoners up into line on the floor, gave an order's quick march, and led his squad off to the upper floor. After a time, he appeared again, smiling, said that every room was ready, as clean as a new pin. I hadn't had... I didn't have to collect them either. He had full on hole. They had licking enough for one point night. Reasons when I put the point to them quite agreed with me. They, they said they wouldn't think of troubling me. They're very penitent. They said they were, very, were extremely sorry for what they had done. But it was all the fault of Chief Weasel and Stokes. I never, if ever they had, could do anything for us at any time, they could make. make to make up, they only got to mention it. So I gave them a roll of peace and let them out at the back. Right, off they ran as hard as they could. Then the mole pulled his chair up to the table, pitched into the cold tongue, told like the gentleman was, but all his jealousy from him, and said heartily, Thank you kindly, dear mole, for all your pains and troubles tonight, especially for your cleverness this morning. Badger's pleased at that. I said, there, brave, spoke so, my brave toad. They finished their supper to get great joy and contentment. Presently retired to rest between clean sheets, safe in toes astrential to all home, won back by matchless fella, consummate statutory, and a proper handling sticks. Following morning toad, who had overslept, Yourself as usual, came down breakfast disgracefully late. Found on the table a certain quality of eggshells, some fragments, cold and livery toast, a coffee pot, three fulls empty, and really very little else. It did not tend to improve his temper, considering, after all, it was his own house. Through the French windows of the breakfast room, you could see Mole and the water rat sitting in the wicker chairs out on the lawn, Emily telling each other stories, roaring with laughter, and kicking their short legs up. Near the badger, who was in an armchair deep in the morning paper, merely looked up and nodded when Toad entered the room. The Toad knew this and his man. He sat down and made the best breakfast he could, and merely observing to himself he could get square with the others sooner or later. When he was nearly finished, the badger looked up and remarked rather shortly, I'm sorry, Toad, but I'm afraid it's a heavy morning's work in front of you. You see, we really ought to have a banquet at once. To celebrate this affair, I expect to you, it is a fact. It's, it's the rule. Oh, all right, said Toad vaguely. Anything to oblige, though. Why on earth you shouldn't want to have a banquet in the morning, I cannot understand. But you know, I do not live to please myself. But merely to find out what my friends want, and try and arrange it for them, you dear old badger. Don't pretend to be stupid than you really are, replied the badger, crossly. And don't chuckle and splatter into your coffee. 
while you're talking, it's not ma- not manners. What I mean is a banquet for your night. Of course, but the invitation's been written. I got off at once. You've got to write them. Now sit down at the table. There's stacks of letter paper on it. The total at the top in bow and gold. Write invitation to all your friend, our friends. If you stick to it, we shall get them out before luncheon. I bear in mind to hand too that take my share of the burden. I order the banquet. What? cried Toad dismayed. Me stop indoors and write a lot of the rotten letters on a jolly morning like this. I want to go around my property, set her out. Everything and everyone to write, to swagger about and enjoy myself, certainly not. I'll be, I'll see you. Wait, stop a minute, Flow. Why, of course, dear Badger. What a my pleasure of convenience of compared with that of others. You wish it done, then it shall be done. Go, Badger, order the banquet. Order what you like. And join our young friends outside in their innocent mirth. Obvious to me, my cares and toils. I fact, it's a severe morning, the altar of duty and friendship. Toad looked at him very suspiciously, but Toad, frank, open conveyance, made it difficult to suggest an any worthy motive, a change of attitude. He quitted the room according to the direction of the kitchen. As soon as the door had closed behind him, Toad hurried on to the writing table. Finally, the idea occurred to him. While he was talking, he would write the invitations. He would take care of a mention. The leading party had taken a fight, and how he laid the chief reason for that. And he would hint at adventures or a career of triumph he had to tell about. On the flying leaf, he would set out a sort of programme of entertainment for an evening, something like this, as he sketched it out in his head. Speech by Mr. Bertow. There will be other speeches by Toad during the evening. Addressed by Toad, so much is our prisoner system, the roadways of England, old England, horse dealings and how to deal, properties, rights and duties, back to land, typical English choir, sung by Toad, composed by himself, other compositions by Toad, who will be be sung in the course of the evening by the composer. Idea pleasing mightily, he worked very hard and got all the letters finished by noon, which hour he reported to him. There's a very small, rather bedraggled weasel at the door, inquiring timidly whether he could be any service to the gentleman. gentleman. Toad swaggered out and found it was one of the prisoners the previous evening. Very respectful, anxious to please, he patted him on the head, shoved a bundle of invitations to Paul, told him to cut along quick, and delivered him as fast as he could. If he liked to come back again in the evening, perhaps there might be a shilling of him. Oh, again, perhaps there mightn't. Paul Weasel seemed really quite grateful, hurried off eagerly to do his mission. When the other animals came back to luncheon, they purchased a breezy after morning on the river. Mole, his conscience had been pricking him, looked doubtfully at Toad, expecting to find him sulky or depressed. Instead, he was so uppish and inflated, and Mole began to suspect something while Rat and Badger exchanged significant glances. As soon as the meal was over, Toad thrust his paws deep into his trouser pockets, remarked carefully, Well, look after yourselves, you fellows. Ask for anything you want. And was rattling off in the direction of the garden, where he wanted to think out an idea or two for his, his coming speeches. And Rat caught him on the arm, Tack rather suspected what he was after, and did his best to get away. And when Badger took him... Firmly by the other army, began to see what the game was up. Tournaments conducted him between them. 
to the small smoking room that opened at the entrance hall, shut the door and put him into a chair. Then they both stood in front of him, a toe set silent, regarded him with much suspicion. Now, look at your toe, said the rat, about this banquet, and I'm very sorry I am about to stand and speak to you like this, but we want you to understand clearly, once and for all, there are no, no, going to be no speeches and no songs. Try and grasp a fact that on this occasion, you're not arguing with you. We're just telling you. Toad saw that he was trapped and understood him. They saw through him. They got, had got ahead of him. The pleasant dream was shattered. May they sing just one little song? He repeated piously. No, not one little song, replied the rat firmly. Though his heart bled as he noticed the trembling lip and the poor display of the poor deposited toad. Now, good toady, you know well that your songs are all conceit and boasting and vanity. Your speech is all self-praise and, well, the gross exaggeration and, and gas put in the badger and has come away. It's all for your own good. It's all for your own good, Tony, went on the rat. You know, you must turn over a new leaf sooner or later. Now seems a splendid time to begin or sort of turning around point in your career. Perhaps don't think that saying all this doesn't hurt me more than it hurts you. Toad remained a long while plunged in fault. At last he raised his head, the traces of a strong emotion visible in his features. You have conquered them, my friends, he said in broken accents. And it was, to be sure, that a small thing I asked, merely leave to the bosom, disband for yet another one more evening to let myself go, hear the tremendous applause, and always seems to me, somehow, to bring out my best qualities. However, you're right, I know, and I'm wrong. Henceforth I will be very different, Toad. My friends, you shall never occasion blush for me again. Oh dear, oh dear, this is a hard world. He pressed his handkerchief to his face, left the room with fluttering footsteps. Badger, said the rat, oh, I feel like a brute. I wonder what you feel like. Oh, I know, I know, said the badger gloomily. But the thing that had to be done, this good fellow has to live here and hold his own, he'd respect, be respected. Would you have him a common laughing stock, mocked and jeered by stoats and weasels? Of course not, said the rat. I told the weasels, it's lucky we came upon a little weasel, just as you sent it, sent it out with toes in vegetations. Spared something from what you told me, and had a look at one of the two. It's simply disgraceful. I confiscated a lot, and a good old mole is now sitting in the blue bottle drawer, filling up plain, simple invitation cards. At last, the hour for the banquet began to draw near. A toad, who was leaving the others, retired to his bedroom, still sitting there monocally and thoughtful, bow resting on his pole. He pondered long and deeply, gradually, his candles cleared. He began to smile along. Small smiles. He took it to giggling in a shy, self-conscious manner. At last, he got up, locked the door, drew the curtains across the windows, collected all the chairs in the room, Arranged them in a semicircle, took up his position in front of the firm, swelling visibly. Then he bowed, coughed twice, and let himself go. With uplifted voice, he sang to an enraptured audience that his imagination so clearly saw. Toad's last little song. The toad came home. There was a panic in the parlours. 
howling in the halls. It was crying in the couches and shrieking in the stalls. When Toe came home, when Toe came home, the smashing of a window, the crashing of another door, the door is shivering, shivering, a weasel that had fainted on the floor. When Toe came home, bang go the drums, the trump- trumpeters are tooting, the soldiers are saluting, the cannon they are shooting, the motor cars are hooting as a hero comes. Shoot! Shout hurrah! Let each one of the crowd cry and shout it very loud. In honor of the animal whom you they just or justly proud, it is Toad's great day. Saying this very loud with great action and expression, when he had done, he sang it all over again. And he heaved a great sigh, a long, long, long sigh. Then he dipped his head hairbrush to wall the jug, put his hair in the middle. I passed it down very straight and sleek on each side of the face. A looking door went quietly down the stairs to meet the rest, who knew who he knew must be assembling in the drawing room. All the men cheered when he entered and crowded around, virtually him say nice things, his courage, his cleverness, and his fighting qualities. But Toad, the most frightening, murmured, Not at all. That was sometimes for a change. On the contrary, Otter who is standing at the heath, on the heathrow, scribing on, on to the marine circle friends, exactly he would have managed things had he he been there, came forward with a shout, threw his arm around Toad's neck, and tried to take him round the room in triumphal progress. But Toad in Marvel was rather snubby, snubby to him. Remarking gently as he disengaged himself, Bridger was the most domain, a mild and mortar rat bull the grunt of the fighting. And he said the ranks and did little or nothing. Manners were evidently puzzled and taken aback by the suspected attitudes of his. To a left, he moved from one guest to another, making his modest responses. He was an object of absorbing interest to everyone. Badger had ordered everything for the best. Banquet was, banquet was a great success. Much talking and laughter and the chaff among the animals, but for it all, Toad, of course, was in the chair, looked down his nose and murmured pleasant nothings to the animals you side of him. At intervals, he stole a glance at the badger and the rat, and always when he looked up, they were staring at each other, with their mouths open, and gave him the greatest satisfaction, which gave greatest satisfaction. So the younger and livelier animals, the evening wore on, got whispering to each other that things were not so easy. They used to be in the good old days. There was some knockings on the table, and cries of Toad speech reached from Toad. Song, Mr. Toad's song, but Toad shook his head gently, raised one paw into mild protest, and by present, pressing delicacies on his guests, by typical, typical small talk, and by earnest inquiries, and then members of their families, not yet old enough to appear at social functions, and to convey to them, his dinner was now being run on strictly conventional lines. He indeed, he was indeed an altered to- Miss Toad. After this climax, the four animals continued to lead their lives, so rudely broken upon by civil war, a great joy and contentment, undisturbed by further risings and invasions. Toad offered due consideration. His friends selected a handsome gold chain, locket set with pearls, which attached to the jeweller's bolter, a letter 
Even the badger admitted would be modest, being modest, grateful, appreciative. And the engine driver in his turn was properly thanked and compensated, compensated for all his pains and trouble. And a severe compulsion from the badger. Even the barge woman was, was with some trouble, sought out and valued of the horse discreetly made good. For though Toad kicked to merit terribly at this, hold himself to an instrument of fate, set to punish fat women with molted arms who couldn't tell of the real gentleman when they saw one. In Mount involved, if true, was not very burdensome. Gypsy valuation being omitted by local assessors to be personally correct. Sometimes in the, the courts of the long summer evenings, friends would take a stroll to give the wild wood. Now, successfully tamed so far that they were concerned, as they were concerned, it was pleasing to see now how respectfully they were greeted by the inhabitants and how the mother weasel would bring their young ones to the mouths and their bat holes. Say, Pony, look, babe, there goes the great Mr. Toad. That's the gallant water rat. Right, a terrible fighter. Walk along, along of him. You'll wonder. You'll wonder because the famous Mr. Moles, of whom you so often you have heard your father tell. But when their infants were fractious and quite beyond control, could quiet them by telling them how, as if they didn't hush them, and not fret them, the terrible grey badger would up and get them. This is the base libel on the badger. But although he cared little about society, rather full of children, it never fell to have a full, its full effect. The end.